0: Hello, oh, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, July 3rd, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is the host of P.S. I Love You, XOXO, Greg Miller.
1: Hey, Blessing, how are you this day? Thank you, Kevin. It's always nice to guest on this show.
0: Greg, thanks for coming through. We appreciate you gracing us with your presence.
1: Hey, man, I was able to get it into the schedule. No big deal. Just a, you know, big time internet person over here.
0: Greg, today's Friday. What are you God. What are you playing this weekend?
1: uh ghost of tsushima of course i can't tell you if it's oh. good or bad but i can tell you that we are playing it for review and uh yeah i'm gonna be playing that nonstop stop probably mm-hmm. you? any
0: other uh, uh i'm also gonna be playing ghost of tsushima i gotta catch up on iron man now that uh, that's actually out we can we can talk about it all we want we talked about it yesterday sure. um but i'm still very early in that game still trying to figure out um oh dude you got the thing you got the thing that's yeah, i'm ready
1: man do, game provided by that. playstation they sent it to it I I wait. i don't need to do feds. It. you want me to get it i got it somewhere Oh, you got it somewhere? I, just yeah. eat your bagel, Kevin. It's Friday, enjoy Kevin, yourself.
0: Just, just lay back. It's Friday. Just be, like, what, it you guys just
2: talked
1: to me once about like how this fucking show is. Kevin, here's I what I, I want you to do: take buttons, your bagel you know? and wipe some of the cream cheese on your feet, and then turn them to Cecil and let them look away.
2: No, Kevin, ew. I don't know if
0: you realize this. Ninety-five percent of the show is on the fly, and so I don't—I didn't know I was going to talk about IMAVR until those words came out of my
1: exactly, mouth. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, Smart so, man. There over you
2: here. go. I got the, it. Oh, whoa!
0: He did it. Well, that's lastest part two, Kevin.
1: Same thing. Close enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Greg, enough, enough about Last of Us Part II and Iron Man VR.
1: Uh, let's get into our stories today. Wait, how far we are you lot- going to play in Iron Man VR? Here's my it's thing. Still, is, honestly, I'll, 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 here's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I see something, I say something. You're not going to play Iron mm-hmm. Man VR this weekend. I, I'm gonna <laughs> hard, you, he he going to try very hard. You're not going we're to. Talk, you took down in front of all your friends. You gave your impressions. You gave your impressions. Your first impressions. You're like, oh, the first two missions didn't really do it for me. So you know, it, but, yeah, whatever. Like,
0: I don't. Uh, here's the thing. I think there is a understand. chance. I think there is a chance that if I play more, it might grow on me more. And yeah. if there, if that chance is out there, I want to take it because we're gonna have the conversation on Monday.
1: Monday. Yes, um, I love you. I want to review it. Miller. you. XOXO. Can
0: I give him? Can I give him the stamp of old foginess? Sure.
1: <laughs> there you
2: go. There it is. What? <laughs> stamped old fogey. Which knows that It's, <laughs> it's got a KFA thing, right? Is that a KFA no, thing, or is that like Internet Explorer? Internet Explorer. In we
0: haven't done it. Corey sent it to what
1: us. else do you? What do you? What else do you
2: got there? Well, yeah, what other, <laughs> what other <laughs> what graphics other do you have up? for
1: other shows that we can apply to this show?
2: <laughs> oh, the cool Greg effect! I haven't seen that. In I just <laughs> I just entered uh, brought those in. That's why.
1: Beautiful! I love it a lot. Dude, right, that's, cool. that's
2: really
0: exciting. Okay, well, enough about Nick's old fogey graphic and, and Cool Greg's Cool Greg effect. Uh, Greg, let's talk about Evo getting canceled, uh, big things popping off at Ubisoft, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when you <laughs> get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games with bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping we're back streaming predator hunting grounds uh on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games that's happening from 3 to 5 p.m pacific time and Greg, today is the
1: day it's the definitive stream yesterday yes i shit the bed as predator and i've been predator number one for this company since we started doing predator streams. You, I've been amazing. I, I feel like
0: I feel like we've not been been keeping an accurate track of like who's been the actual good predator here because I feel I'm like I've been in really good uh, wait, inarguably r- inarguably
1: I've been the best predator Real in the
0: company. Real quick, I just want to shout outs to Cameron Kennedy. Cameron Kennedy make those, grad, make
1: those <laughs> Thank you, Kev. Stay. Inarguably I've been the number one predator in this company, but inarguably. yesterday I was terrible and blessing you did Pull ahead with a performance, and we agreed that yesterday on stream today would be the stream where we would decide who is the number one predator in the company, you or me. So I'm excited to see you come out there and play some today. Oh, I mean,
0: I'm excited. That's to show why you trying skill. to run away?
1: Yeah, that's why he's trying to run away. Got if you didn't it, know everybody behind it. the so scenes, it. blessing like I gotta do some stuff and catch up on some listen, work. I don't know if I'm I can stream predator today. Sounds like, behind on like on a coward.
0: Day. It's been a very busy week. It's been my birthday. Got a whole okay, lot of things going on. I was on a lot of podcast on Wednesday, and like, listen, I'm. I'm in high demand right now. Craig, I don't know if you, you know are. what it's like when people just want you to be on their shows and people want you to play their games and people people, you know, want you to participate in their activities because you're you're the talk of the town. You're the person that, that everybody wants to have on their content uh, for the record. But that's I, me do, right
1: I do know what that's like because twenty fifteen was a big year for me. Oh wow, <laughs> twenty
0: fifteen. Man, what a year. What a year. Yeah. This is the same year that uh that uh Witcher Three came out and uh that was the same year for a lot of that's actually that true. Year. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know if you won any awards that year
1: i did yeah no i won i won one and then i won one the next year at south by too.
0: Oh, oh!
1: everybody forgets the south by one because south by is a weird thing that was also gamer of the year or whatever i don't know it's it's the, it's on the shelf at work
0: it's pretty cool it's pretty cool thank uh you, that man. printer hunting ground stream of course is sponsored uh, by our friends at Ilphonic. so show up uh have fun do all that good stuff thank you to our patreon producers mohammed mohammed momo blackjack Or, Mahmoud Mohammed and Blackjack. I guess we have new uh, Patreon producers because it's a new month. It is a new month, July 3rd. Today, we're brought to you by Brooke Lennon, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. (laughs) It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. Ah, Baker's Dozen.
2: Well, Kermit
0: Kermit the Frog here. (laughs) Starting with our number one, Evo has been canceled. This is John Porter at The Verge. Fighting game tournament organizer Evo has been canceled uh, has canceled Evo online and removed its co-founder and president from the company after serious allegations surfaced about his past behavior. The long-running esports event had previously been scheduled to take place in a new online-only format starting July 4th due to the coronavirus pandemic. The announcement of the event's c- cancellation comes less than 24 hours after fighting game player Mikey uh, Crackpron fam, uh, alleged that Queller had behaved inappropriately towards him uh, and a number of other teenage boys in the 90s and early 2000s. Following the allegations, multiple companies pulled out of the event, including Capcom, NetherRealm, and Bandai Namco, as well as players and commentators, according to PC Gamer. This is the evil statement. Over the past 24 hours, in response to serious allegations recently made public on Twitter, we have made the, the, the first of a series of important decisions regarding the future of the company. Effective immediately, Joey Queller will no longer be be involved with Evo in any capacity. We currently are working towards his complete separation from the company and have relieved him of all his responsibilities. Going forward, Tony Cannon will act as CEO in this position. He'll take a leadership role in in prioritizing greater accountability across Evo, both internally and at our events. Progress doesn't happen overnight or without the bravery of those who speak up against misconduct and injustice. We are shocked and saddened by these events, but we are listening and are committed to making every change that will be necessary in making EVO a better model for the stronger, safer culture we all seek. As a result, we'll be canceling EVO online and we'll work to issue refunds for all players who who chose to purchase a badge. We'll donate the, the equivalent of the proceeds as promised to Project HOPE. Evil said it'll be issuing refunds to to anyone who purchased a badge for Evil Online. I'm back to the article now. Um, And that'll be making a, a donation to Project Hope equivalent to the proceeds from the event. Now, Greg, this was a huge thing that broke yesterday pretty much as all the different companies were posting their statements and if I to to like, like, it broke situation. at the speed
1: of light like it was literally yeah. like i we did the predator hunting ground stream i saw during it somebody said uh something about one of the companies leaving then uh me jen and lucy took a walk and when we came back from the walk it was already oh shit uh, it was on slack that evo has been canceled and behind that was the namco uh p- cancelization behind that was the other company that pulled out it was like oh fuck yeah. like this all it happened like, like a 30 minute period
0: yeah, exactly. It was like within the course of 30 minutes where everything kind of went down and Evo was pretty quickly canceled, which is yeah. huge, which is a crazy thing because cause if you if you didn't know, Evo is the biggest fighting game tournament that happens yearly. Uh the, the Evo's an event that I've been looking forward to attending and and with with coronavirus and all this different stuff, right? Like that, that all yeah. kind of derailed. But So many people in the fighting game community and within the different communities within the fighting game community look forward to Evo as the big event to kind of bring everybody together in Vegas for the year uh, to to face off and and congregate and all these things. And so this is wild. This is wild, especially because Evo Online was supposed to start, I think, literally this weekend. Like, I think it was literally supposed to start tomorrow. Um, And so for all this stuff to go down like this is pretty wild. And this also... Uh, follows a number of allegations that have rocked the smash brothers community um and i'm going to pull from brian laver at screen rant screen rant to get the breakdown of that so brian laver writes here multiple prominent members of the competitive super smash brothers community have been have been accused of sexual assault in several cases against minors the accusations are just the latest in a wave that's been sweeping all corners of the games industry in recent weeks most recent round of accusations comes from young people involved in the Smash Brothers community, or Smash Brothers competitive scene, uh, speaking up on Twitter, several of whom uh, say they were assaulted by other members of the community while they were underage. Troy uh, Puppe, I'm going to say Pupe, uh, Wells accused Pupe. Cinnamon, Cinnamon, Cinnamon Senpai Dunson of assaulting him when he was 14 years old. Zach, Captain Zach Loth accused Nairobi Nairo Quezada of not only assaulting him at age 15, but also attempting to bribe him to keep quiet about the abuse. Richard Kaitaro King Jr. admitted to assaulting 16-year-old Shiva at a party uh, after allegations surfaced. Caitlin, KT Dominant uh, Redeker accused d D1 Mangret of assaulting her on her 18th birthday. The stories coming to light from the Super Smash Bros. competitive community highlight the serious need for reform there and elsewhere in gaming. Event organizers and platform holders owe it to everyone in their community to create a space where abusers can no longer prey on vulnerable people and where those who have been victimized will be believed and protected. The Super Smash Bros. community is by no means the only place where these reforms are needed, but as a space with so many underage members, organizers urgently need to do better to protect them and root out predators. And I think that last part of that write-up, I think, sums up this whole situation, especially with the Super Smash Brothers stuff, especially with how young that community is, like, in terms of the literal age of the community members. Like, that's – as we've been seeing these stories come out in the industry over the last few weeks and over the last few years, but really over the last few weeks as these stories have come out in a broader way – this is a thing that I think we've all kind of realized has needed reform, and that is ridiculous and, un- and unacceptable uh, in the way that these things are still happening. Uh, matters of abuse, matters of uh, sexual harassment, and matters of—I mean, literal rape—that's going on in these communities. Yeah. You know, it's been—it's been a thing that we've realized is the problem. But I think this situation right here with what's going on the Smash Brothers community is like even like even a bigger uh, uh, magnifying glass on. Yeah, this is such a problem that it's even a problem with minors here. Like, it's, it's not just an adult problem. Oh, I mean, you like we're having even, problems across the board.
1: You figure it's an even bigger problem with minors, right? I think when you hear yeah. all these survivors coming out from different parts of, we'll say the games industry right now, obviously, Me Too and a million other movements, but for what we're talking about. And we see it being the people that, You may know on Twitter uh, personalities, uh, you know, people working on the other side of games that are more just, you know, PR or marketing or whatever, uh, making the games, right? And you see these, what I would say, full-blown adults, right, who are being uh, pressured into these situations or didn't know what to do or didn't, you know, didn't expect someone to turn on them that way. That's somebody who is an adult in their industry. Maybe they were just starting out, maybe whatever their specifics are. But again, we're back to talking about them being an adult. You talk about something like this now, where it is that you have a community, uh, and and I'm completely going off of this article, as everyone knows who who follows Greg or whatever. The fighting game scene, Smash and Evo, is so not my wheelhouse. But for it to be described here as a young, uh, skewing younger community, right? That you are all out playing Smash, that that's where it's happening, how it's starting think about that as of being a kid and being put into these situations and being pressured and how cool it is to see one of these people who you look up to who are a a big name to you or big name in the community. Again, I don't have a, a, a foot in that, that uh, world, but to have them, you know, reach out to you and you think it's going to be this uh, Batman Robin kind of relationship, but then it turns into something so dark and sinister. Like, yeah, well, you can't expect, I mean, if we, can see it happen to adults we know and people that we know love and respect so much imagine being a kid and not knowing any better and not knowing what to do about it
0: yeah and it's it's, it's super upsetting to see the the fighting game community and the smash community in particular our community is that i i'm not really i'm I'm like you where i'm not too much ingrained um yeah. i have more of a interest in it you know i'm very much like a casual fighting game player and a casual fighting game fan and so seeing this stuff kind of happen from the outside looking in has been shocking and i've I've been seeing rumblings on like twitter and and reddit and different places of people being like oh yeah this is crazy but i've not really had the context for it i've not really had the context to see how like how crazy it is um and so having it laid out here seeing the statements from the company seeing um uh the organizer of evo right like the 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 person that leads evo be outed for yeah you know such hated um uh such heinous uh, things right yeah, that's yeah it's 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 messed up it's upsetting and of course these are issues that need to be addressed across the board uh, through course. our in, through our industry and through a lot of different industries but it's it to see it reflect in this way in this particular situation in this particular community uh it's it sucks and I, I wish I had totally. more to say I wish I was more informed about like the finding game community and and who these people uh, are and all these different things but I I I think the thing we can all agree with is that it fucking sucks
1: of course and not to belabor it obviously but it is that thing of even for me like i don't know shit about fighting games right but i know evo and i know how important evo is and i know how large evo is and i know how many of our friends look forward to going to evo and playing in evo and doing those things i think that's what you're talking about here where you see someone at the very top turn out to be an asshole right Uh, be a horrible person and then that is not only them uh, being an asshole and fucking up a whole bunch of victims lives. It's then them having their name attached to something that was a, a, a shining spot for so many people was, you know, the thing they look looked forward to every year and to see that now tarnished and to see now that community yeah. wrestle with that and to see now that domino out and to see that like, yeah, like you're saying it was supposed to be this weekend. I'm sure a lot of people in, you know, you look at last week and I'm sure a lot of people as things have been bad and you're in self-quarantine, the Black Lives Matter movement. And then last week with the more sexual harassment stuff, I'm sure there were so many people were like, this sucks. I'm looking forward to just getting the Evo and then to have Evo canceled because of one guy or not even one guy, I shouldn't say that, but the guy at the head of it, this Smash Brothers stuff, like, don't get me wrong, this needs to happen. You need to yeah. clean out all the fucking assholes and creeps in the fucking world, but I understand too that like there's these ramifications that are uh, obviously the survivors and victims, and then obviously the people who just want to be it. And then you do have these questions of cool, they've removed the guy from Evo. Uh, now you know Evo online's canceled, but they're refunding all the money and all this different stuff. and it's back to the business side of it too of what does that actually mean? Will Evo come back from this? Would it have a new name? Would it be blown up and reformed? Is it that they couldn't yeah. even pay their bills after this because they have to refund everybody their things? That's the, not that that's by any imagination is the biggest story, or the biggest victim in this thing. Don't get me oh wrong. Yeah, sure. I'm not trying to paint it that way. But
0: I've been I've been texting my friend Maria, who's also very into evil. And we've been talking about, like, going to our first evil and all this stuff. And that's the conversation I brought up to her yesterday when evil got canceled. I was like, "Are is evil just done forever now? Because I I honestly can't see them coming back from this. Like I I think for them to come, and and who knows where we'll be a year from now maybe of course you know, cutting cutting off that dude from the company um and building that that goodwill over the year might help them return in a way that 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 works for them um but I wouldn't be surprised to see some other fighting game tournament rise and become the number one fighting game tournament because people are sick of Evo right in sure. the same way that we've seen um, with like gaming forums or like other other examples of things that have. Yeah. You know, got buried over controversy and, th- and other things rise up because of it. I think that's, that's like the reset error situation. Totally. Um, I could definitely see that happening. Um, but that's going to be a kind of a wait and see thing. Yeah. Greg, let's talk about a little bit more lighter news. Story number two Ubisoft has announced their new Battle Royale game, Hyperscape. <laughs> this is Matt Perslow at IGN. Ubisoft has fully revealed Hyperscape, the FPS Battle Royale game that has been teased and partially leaked over the last few days. Hyperscape is a free-to-play first-person battle royale coming to PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Ubisoft have targeted a summer 2020 release, starting with a short-closed technical test on PC that'll run July 2nd to July 7th, with more phases to follow in the build-up to release. Set in a VR world called the Hyperscape, the game focuses on on a sport called Crown Rush, in which which 100 players split into squads of three, and to be more accurate, I'm pretty sure it's 99 players because 100 isn't divisible by three. So 99 players <laughs> split into squads There's one team that's just one player. <laughs> this is one <laughs> like, dude that's why? like, what the fuck, man? Why? <laughs> I just want teammates. Um, Yeah, 100 player, or 99 players split into squads of three uh, to compete for victory. Uh, wins can be claimed in the usual last team standing manner or by claiming a, claiming a crown objective in the final phase of the match and holding it for 45 seconds. Like most Battle Royale's, Hyperscape stands. Uh, Hyperscape's standout feature is that it takes place on an entirely urban map. This city, clearly influenced by Paris, is also littered with jump pads to allow for fast paced vertical movement. Greg, Hyperscape is a thing that's kind of been slowly being, re- uh, slowly been revealed over the last week. <laughs> revealed, uh, yeah, revealed, revealed. Yeah, revealed, It's been one of those things where it's, it, I, I don't think we've been able to kind of place it in like a news day because Monday it was a thing where it leaked. And then. As it leaked, they also Ubisoft also created a Twitter account, and all these different things were kind of happening with it. I had played the game, so I can really like, of course, speak on it in a way that felt Embargos. like, Yeah, because of embargoes and stuff, I didn't want to break the embargo. But the game was officially revealed uh, midday yesterday, and we can finally talk about it. Um, we have a first impressions up over on YouTube.com/slash kind of funny games. It's like a twenty-minute video, of me and Andy talking about it. Uh, I played it. Andy had not played it. I think Andy might have played it by now um and yeah, i'm I gave, last
2: night.
0: yeah he streamed it last night uh and i gave him all my impressions on the game and and um yeah it's basically a battle royale it's basically like kind of like a uh a new apex legends but i'll say it's way more arena based and way more fast-paced and may, may, way more unreal turn empty
1: yeah you talked uh, about it being vertical right
0: yeah it's like very it's a very vertical game and so in the article they mentioned jump pads there's jump jump pads all over the place you have different abilities and there's like a teleport ability that allows you to basically like zoom like to where you want and you can use that to kind of get higher ground there's like a lot of rooftop uh a uh, uh, combat going on in the game it's really cool It it is the most it is the most arena like battle royale game i've played
1: oh okay so if that so is slash kind of funny games you can listen to your feedback there
0: exactly yeah youtube.com slash kind of funny games if you want to watch the first impressions and see uh me kind of break it down over the course of 20 minutes
1: i'd love to try right. it out but i'm sorry like captain america's in fortnite all right that's oh. all i need that's all i need buddy i got the skin i got the shield that's all i need and i gotta Is i gotta unlock that... aquaman still i got a lot of stuff I, going on so i, fortnite, I, I like missed
0: game. this whole thing what's the deal with captain america and fortnite
1: uh they added captain america to fortnite you can buy captain america skin okay so it's just the a skin it's, it's the, not like it's, a,
0: uh, it's not like an event that's going on it's not like you can find a shield in the map and that changes. no no things. no it's
1: not like it's not like the avengers event they did instead they had a uh the, just the uh yeah you buy the skin or whatever and the trailer though when it does it has the mm-hmm. bifrost when he walks away it's got the bifrost on it so people are thinking thor's mm-hmm. coming to i but uh-huh. i mean like think about it this season right now you can start unlocking aquaman because he's in he's on the battle pass as well and there's Aquaman challenges really? yeah apparently yeah, i don't know if you well. know this it turns out that if you have money and a lot of it all the other companies play nice they don't give a shit <laughs> they don't give a flying fuck who's exactly. in what anymore they're like, oh, Greg, our struggling comic book business? Yeah, you, if Fortnite wants to give us a gajillion dollars, go ahead. We don't care.
0: Greg, speaking of Ubisoft, story number three. Ubisoft yep. is restructuring its editorial team. This is Rebecca Valentine at gamesindustry.biz. Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot has shared an internal letter to all employees that outlines actions the company will take in response to a recent wave of abuse allegations directed at multiple Ubisoft senior employees. In the letter, Guillemot uh, begins by saying Ubisoft will revise the composition of its editorial team, which it recently restructured in January. This comes on the heels of accusations against, of accusations against two of the team members, uh, Tommy Francois and Maxime Beland, uh, who, have, who have reportedly been placed on administrative leave. Uh... To recap, because we talked about the editorial team very early in the year as they were structured at the original time. Uh, So to give a recap on what the editorial team is, I have an article from Andy Robinson at VGC who writes, Two decades, the creative direction of Ubisoft games, of Ubisoft's games and IPs has been overseen by the editorial team. A a Paris based group of, of around 100 designers and producers who advise on everything from game design to script writing. While they don't create games themselves, the team has a huge impact on the development teams across the company. Historically, Editorial's influence has resulted in a cohesive vision across all Ubisoft titles, with learnings from one project feeding into the next. It was the Editorial team that drove the company towards open world and systemic games, pushed online elements, and insisted that its narratives had a thematic basis in the real world, but avoided taking a political stance. Uh, Craig, this is good news to to see that they're restructuring the editorial team uh and making it more diverse. In that same VGC article where they talk about the original restructuring, they had like a like an image of the uh of the editorial team, and yeah. it seemed like it looked like one of the one of the it looked like the least diverse group of people that you could White look at, dudes. <laughs> and like you know it's I like Paris, I guess, like it being it it uh being centered in Paris maybe has something to do with it. I don't know, sure. but um Yeah, no, it was very not diverse, and so to see them kind of restructuring it is good news, especially for a team that is in charge of the creative direction across all the different projects. I feel like if you want any team to be diverse, it would be that 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 team, Um, you know, because like that's the team that's gonna that's gonna be in charge of making sure. Sure, they're the top,
1: right? They're they're making decisions that then trickle down, that then guide where the game and the company games and the company is going.
0: Exactly, exactly, and so like when you when you when. You have a team like that that's responsible for creative direction and responsible for being the driving force of what's the next Far Cry game going to look like and be, or not the driving force, but like one of the main voices in yeah. what's the next Far Cry game going to be, what's the next Watch Dogs game going to be. I think you want as many different uh, varying mindsets and opinions and types of people in there as possible so that you, you can make sure you don't leave any stone unturned unturned in um, making sure that those those games end up varied and interesting and diverse.
1: Did you, and I know that obviously it's been breakneck uh, week here in terms of reviews and events and first impressions and shows. Did you read the entire letter from Yves Gilmour that Rebecca references here? No. ubisoft put it up yesterday that's where i heard first heard about all this i'm going to pull some things from if you don't mind because it's larger than just this Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm going to read the intro and i'll I'll start paraphrasing a bit right but over on uh, news.ubisoft.com they put up this post that says change starts today the following is an internal letter from ubisoft ceo yves gilmore uh shared with his teams earlier today dear all the situations that some of you have experienced or witnessed are absolutely not acceptable No one should ever feel harassed or disrespected at work, and the types of inappropriate behavior we have recently learned about cannot and will not be tolerated. To those of you who have spoken up or have supported colleagues, I want to be clear. You are heard, and you are helping drive necessary change within the company. We have significant work to do to improve the ways in which we operate and collaborate, and I am personally committed to ensuring that we make these fundamental changes. They need to be profound, and we need to implement them quickly at all levels of the organization. Specifically, I have decided to revise the composition of the editorial department, transform our human resource processes, and improve the accountability of all managers on these subjects. We are not looking for a quick fix, but rather a structural shift at Ubisoft that fully aligns with our values. Values that we do not tolerate, toxic work behavior, I'm sorry, toxic behaviors, and where everyone feels safe to speak out. We must do everything we can to ensure no one is in these situations ever again. With this in mind, I am also putting in place a series of initiatives that will serve as a roadmap as we listen, learn, and act. I will need everyone to work together to build an—I'm sorry—to build and implement them so that respect for others remains one of Ubisoft's uh, one of the pillars of Ubisoft's culture. So then, his bullet point things that have descriptors here. I'm just gonna read the bullet points though, right? Appointment of a uh, appointment of a head of workplace culture, employee listening sessions at all locations, launch a global employee survey, ongoing investigations into allegations, uh, comprehensive review and pol- of policies and procedures, uh, diversity and inclusion. Uh, and then, yeah. So all of those have longer things written to them or whatever. But again, as you pointed out, right on the heels of both, you know, as was well, Rebecca wrote, right, this comes on the heels of accusations uh, against two of the team, uh, te- the editorial uh, team members, uh, Tommy and Maxi- Maxime, uh, who have reportedly been placed on administrative leave. Remember, uh, there was also. All sorts of uh, people, was, I think, way down the totem pole, including uh, yeah. PR, including influencer relations. include like There's a whole bunch of people yeah. who have been named. Ashraf,
0: the creative lead. Of- Ashraf, I forgot uh, all about. Yeah, who stepped down yeah. from Assassin's
1: Creed, right? Like, There's a lot going on that was rocking the boat at Ubisoft as all these allegations came in. And I think people had been looking for something from them. I saw... I don't want to say public opinion sway really quick but it was all of a sudden like man shit fuck is ubisoft really fucked up is it especially you know being the editorial department being people at the top of the company that then it was trickling down kind of thing uh i thought this is a a well-structured letter from you obviously all this everything's everything in these situations is all talk until it's executed upon uh but i thought you know uh, we're talking about blowing up the editorial team bringing making it more diverse that's a great step i think you know admitting you have this uh being there the listening stations all good stuff
0: yeah, and hearing hearing uh, them talking about restructuring things and making sure that it, they're able to kind of break down the systems that are uh, allow- allowing all these unfortunate unfortunate situations to take place. Uh, those are the things that that uh, I think I like to hear. Um, yeah. So that's, that's 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 all good stuff there. It, it it all from from Ubisoft. It's kind of it's been interesting to, uh, for me to see because I think before all this, I kind of looked at Ubisoft as the company that's doing it right like i looked at ubisoft as like oh like you know we all we all hate on ea we all hate on activision yeah. we all hate on these other companies ubisoft they're the guys that are like that have their shit together they're the guys that seem to be doing all, all those things right and honestly I, I, I think for me this has been kind of an, an eye-opening example of no man this stuff can happen everywhere this stuff can yeah. happen anywhere this stuff can go down uh uh even, even at the places where you think you know shit is together yeah like it th- this stuff can be systemic uh uh when you don't even realize it and so
1: i think that's the you know i'd like to think the main takeaway from all of this and it won't be for everybody but in general to your point is that the fact of the matter here is that no matter what the company no matter what they're doing it's it's run by and staffed by humans and that inevitably means that the humans are going to fuck up at times and be and they're going to be terrible humans at times because obviously I'll be very clear that's not sexually assaulting someone is in oh man I fucked up no you're a piece of shit but you understand what I'm saying that like bad things are going to happen and I think that it's so quick to turn on it and be like oh right this company's doing it right but this company sucks when in reality people who suck are at both companies period and it's yeah. that thing of it's up to the people who don't suck to figure out a way to make it safe for people who don't suck to work there and get rid of the people who suck when they out themselves at sucking. Cause No matter what, you can hire somebody and bring somebody into your team and think they're great and then find out online, oh my God, you're a piece of fucking shit and you have to be able to make the moves, right? That's what I think people are always crying out for when you look at like the riot situation, right? It's the fact that, oh my God, you're a fucking piece of shit, but you're high up in the company. So all right, take a six month leave, you know, whatever, go and do this thing and then come back and don't do it again kind of shit. That's when people are like, what the fuck? It's when you actually take uh, action, right? You actually move on things that matter.
0: Exactly. Greg, let's keep talking about publishers. Story number four. Other my publishers <laughs> are my favorite topic. Publishers. Publishers. Uh, other, other publishers are considering raising their game prices for PS5 and Xbox Series X. This is Chris Ridring at GamesIndustry.biz. Other game publishers are considering raising their prices of games uh, of for no. the PS5 and Xbox Series X, says games research firm IDG Consulting. It follows the news that NBA 2K21, which you talked about yesterday, will be priced at seventy dollars on the next-gen consoles. 10 more, $10 more expensive uh, than it is on the current devices. Speaking with gamesindustry.biz, IDG President and CEO Yoshio Osaki says that game pricing has remained flat since 2005, whereas TV and movie pricing has increased significantly. Quote, the last time that NextGen launched software pricing went up uh, was in 2005 and 2006, when it went from $49.99 to $59.99. And these are US dollars at the start of the Xbox 360 and the PS3 generation, he says. During that time, the costs and prices in other affiliated verticals have gone up, end quote. Osaki says that next-gen, consoles, uh, next-gen console game production costs have increased, by 200%, uh, ha- have increased by 200% to 300%, depending on the IP, studio, and genre, but the prices have remained at $59.99. Meanwhile, cinema ticket prices have, have risen 39 percent, Netflix subscription costs have gone up 100 percent, and cable TV packages have risen 105 percent. Quote, even with the increases to $69.99 for next gen, that price increase from 2005 to, 2000, or to 2020 uh, next gen is only up 17 percent, far lower than, uh, than the other comparisons. While the cost of development and publishing have gone up, and pricing in other entertainment verticals have also gone up uh, substantially, next-gen software pricing has not reflected these increases. $59.99 to $69.99 does not even cover, cover these other cost uh, increases completely, but does move it more in the proper direction. He continues, quote, IDG works with all major game publishers, and our channel checks, in, our channel checks indicate that other publishers are also exploring moving their next-gen pricing up on certain franchises for the same reasons outlined above quote every not every game should garner the 69.99 dollar price point on next gen but flagships flagship AAAs, such as nba 2k merit this pricing more than others end quote greg yeah how do you re- how do you react to this information that is that that it seems over the years video games have Video game pricing has not gone up as much as it should have comparatively to other types of entertainment.
1: I mean, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, right? But I I agree. I think that this is again one of those, you know, this is the tough pill to swallow meme, right? Of like, yes, this is the dollars and cents of the video game industry. That yeah, as they point out here, it was that PS3 three sixty generation where we saw forty nine ninety nine to fifty nine ninety nine, and it made sense, and then it hasn't moved, yet in fourteen years, right, or whatever. Like mm. Yes, games cost more. Teams are bigger. Games take longer. There's a million different things going on. If you know, it's that whole thing of like, even and this is maybe a dumb example, but maybe it's not. I don't know. But you think of like uh, Gustavo's score for The Last of Us, right? And how incredible and amazing that is. I, you know, I beat Iron Man VR and I sat through the credits and it pops up with, I'm blanking on it, but one of the Philharmonics. I want to say maybe the polish one it's a it was a they had an actual like for this game for iron man vr an orchestral soundtrack that they hired an or you know what i mean like there are all these parts that we want in a video game to make video games feel like these bi- not every game big games you know that we want them to feel uh these you know huge momentous occasions and that is the thing that costs money and i do understand what they're talking about here and i understand that I'm always labeled them when we have these kind of conversations as the pro corporation guy, but it isn't that. It's the, I, I think I'm the pro reality guy of like what it actually costs to make a AAA game and get where you want it to be and what that means. And Cause I think when you talk about, oh, yeah. You know, Last of Us Part Two is this amazing game, and Naughty Dog's this you know few hundred people that are making this thing. That's awesome, and they need to get paid. Yes, they do, but so do the mocap people, and so do the the mocap studio they rent, and so does the uh, translation, and so does the people who are doing that over in, in like they're when you if you sit through the credits of a video game. They're not just putting those names on there because they had a tangential relation. Sometimes, like you, when you have a, a, you know, like the the Sony suits on there or whatever, you know, it wasn't like Shuhei Yoshida was rolling up his sleeves and cracking the atom over there. But like when you get into the localization, when you get into the people who are working other territories, and you get into things like games are this giant thing. And again, this is to this is the hard pill to swallow uh, of this article. Like I'm not saying every game, I'm not saying every indie should be that much, right? Like this is what we're talking about of ex- exploring the scale and having all these different things and you know as much as you want to sit here and go oh 2k has so much money maybe nba 2k 21 does cost that much and does need that much more now granted it's weird because they're the ones who are charging you the hundred bucks to get the upgrade version but put that aside for a second and like licensing and and scans and all this other shit they're doing too like there's so much going on in games these days that yeah it might be time for that to go up and that yeah games are you know with inflation all this other shit you know cheaper than they've ever been or whatever so they need to actually actually go through and commit to this to keep the art form going and have those triple a experiences be what we want them to be
0: greg harvey Coleen writes in to patreon.com so kind of funny games and says are the economics of a game's target price more important to the industry than just the bottom line i'll listen to your discussion around the possible move to the 60 uh, from the 60 standard of course as games get larger and more detailed costing more development time and effort Given that the given that the sixty dollars price point has stayed so long, do you think that do you think that it has, uh, in order to, in order to remain at that point, spawned numerous innovations in game development? We have mm-hmm. engines like the Unreal and Unity engines becoming more important tools uh, for developers who can't justify the cost of making their own engine, yet at the same time allowing more creators than ever uh, who would never have been who would never have been given uh, or who would never have been able to develop one uh, into the ecosystem. It seems that a fixed price point isn't just a tug of war between consumers and developers around value and cost, but also a driver of important advances that can have an overall positive impact. You say that game prices can start more accurately reflecting cost, but how might that affect uh, the, how might that affect further progression? Greg, I thought this was a very interesting question in the idea that like, yeah, because game prices haven't gone up, you've seen you've seen different uh, innovations in the space because of that. Um, my mind immediately goes to the Unreal Engine Five uh reveal and like seeing takes from people reacting to it, being like, "Oh yeah, some of the tools they showed there could rapidly uh, uh quicken like the development process in terms of being able to." Uh, I remember the example they gave—they gave in the actual engine demo was the statue thing, where uh um, yeah yeah they, rather than I have like, to make
1: low poly models of this, you can make one that looks fucking awesome and then just span yeah. span them out five hundred across the thing.
0: Exactly, and, and things like that, I, I think, could help quicken the, the development process to make things easier easier for um developers. Do you do you buy this idea that, um, because of the sixty dollars standard price point, we're now
1: like we've we've gotten innovations because of that? I don't, I I, I don't. I think that that's natural. That is a natural progression of industry. I think when you look at like when somebody comes along with a good idea and figures out a way to build a better mousetrap, I think people go that way. And I I can't believe I'm referencing shit that is actually academic or from history, but like think of Henry Ford and the assembly line, right? Like that changed the way people made cars because, hey, that's a brilliant way to do this. And it's, it's a way to optimize it way quicker. I think as video games were more, and I think if anything, you know, he's talking about has the $60 price point spawned numerous innovations in game development? I would say no. What I think spawned numerous innovations in game development is the internet in the digital age and how easy it is to share and stream and do things and and have it all over. I think when you're sitting there talking about some, you know, developer A in Poland in the late 90s, mid-90s making a game on their own engine. They just made their own engine because they thought it was the way to do it. And over here, there's somebody else making their own engine there and it was proprietary and it was this and you were a, you were exclusive or you weren't and you weren't owned and you weren't doing this thing. Like I think there was more of a let's get in there and do it and try to own it lock, stock, and barrel thing. I think it's a similar situation to... I think, back to my argument here, and I'm kind of getting all over the map, but it's the same argument of PlayStation, where it used to be we want exclusive experiences. Let's buy developers. We will buy developers. They will make them for it. It'll be for Sony first parties. And we've seen that fall away right now because it is smarter to go, you know what? Fuck, I don't want to buy 13 more developers. <laughs> Instead, let's partner with Camouflage, have them make Iron Man VR. Let's partner with Bluepoint, have them make Demon Souls remake. Let's, before we bought them, partner with Insomniac, have them make Spider-Man. Like, it Like is this thing where you can get the benefits without going through the, the thing. And I think that's just wising up to where we are and how you share information and how you go. And I think the fact that Epic was able to come out and be like, hey, and I don't even mean Unreal 5, I mean, in general, Unreal, make that and put it on the grand stage and have people go like, oh, cool, that is a cool way to make games. And the way it's snowballed and gotten better and gotten everywhere, I think that's part of it. I think you talk about like, uh, is the $6 what spawned the innovation here? No, it's the same way that PlayStation 4 isn't like isn't using a cell processor like PlayStation 3 because for the longest thing, you'd think, all right, cool, we need to be doing something incredibly different to be the reason you'd buy this system. So PS3 is going to run on a cell processor. And everybody's like, that's complicated and fucked up and actually gets in our way. And PlayStation backs down and like, all right, cool. It's, it's basically a PC. Like everyone moving that way is trying to go the path of least resistance to mm-hmm. not... Do this six dollar price point as much as get their games out faster, get their games more profitable, get their games you know in a way that run better. I don't I don't buy it that it's all because sixty bucks
0: yeah i think for me the the 60 dollar price point is a, is a thing that is reflected mostly if you want to talk about innovation which i don't know if i'd call this innovation i think it's reflected mainly in the ways we see monetization and in ways in which, in which we see yes. uh the the evolution of games as a service and dlc and all that stuff play out over the last couple of generations i think because of that 60 dollar price point that's probably why star wars battlefront yeah. 2 was monetized the way it was that's probably why we see um uh you know games like and i I don't want to see. I want to say that's why we see games like Destiny, Destiny, and Destiny Two be monetized the way they are. But I think that would have happened regardless of the price point. Um, I like. I, I think the the post launch content and post launch DLC and, and, and the post launch launch process of season selling pass. packs and selling season passes and selling battle passes. I think that's just natural to the. Uh, to to where video games have gone in general, to where the, the internet has come and in that and that where that integration has gone over the years. I think that's a natural thing. I think the um the levels of it and the way that stuff is kind of measured out in terms of what we expect out of a battle pass, what we expect out of a season pass, um, I think that is reflected by the $60 price point. And maybe going up to $70 means that we see that stuff um kind of lean back and come down a bit you don't think so Greg not a
1: chance in hell dude we let the we let the genie out of the bottle and he is not going back in I'm sorry and and again this is the problem is that I think and I shouldn't say problem but it's part of the argument we're having that's a, a fun video gamer argument right but it is also trying to wake people up to the realities go back to the article itself right quote, even with the increase to sixty nine ninety nine for next gen, the price increase from 2005 to 2020 next gen is only up 17%, far lower than other comparisons. Like, this doesn't solve the problem. It makes the financials better, but it doesn't solve the problem people are having in making these giant games. And yes, I do agree with you that the fact that we were stuck at $60 price point did become of shit. How do we keep monetizing? What do we keep doing? And it was this people love dlc they love all these different things why not start attaching i think one of the you know overlooked uh examples that i think is a great example of it is assassin's creed and i'll use odyssey even though it's been there before but assassin's creed odyssey right like outside of the season pass outside of the dlc like uh you know a episode of atlantis or the hidden blade stuff legacy of the first blade um they also have like the costumes in there of like buy a helix pack and buy this suit of armor and this thing and look like that and make your horse look like this. Like they're microtransactioning that to hell, not in an egregious word, dirty, at least in the Greg Miller sense, dirty way. It isn't a way of like, Hey, we're not, put we, you know, put out Odyssey. We didn't put out another Assassin's Creed the next year. We know you're still playing this because it's so huge and there's so much content. And if you love it that much, hopefully you'll buy this suit. But like, that's not going away as games get bigger and they want you to still be committed to these games like don't for a second think if Valhalla next gen comes out at 70 bucks you're not you're gonna get everything for free like no and I don't think you'd ever see I don't think you'll see it slow down because it also mutated along the way where it went from all right cool I'm playing Prince of Persia on PS3 and now what the fuck the DLC is the actual ending and I have to pay for it again fuck off right Fortnite and the battle passes and you know um in general like games like the division or destiny or whatever which are hey you're coming back to this game day after day night after night week after week like we want you to be able to buy stuff to support it but then also you want to get something out of it right like i just uh this is a walk but stick with me <clears throat> today you know i just put up uh the video over on my twitter uh there's a, a greg miller slash kind of funny easter egg and iron man vr I put that up and then made a joke about being in the Avengers as well. And somebody qu- responded to it with my tweet of like, I'll buy all the skins In when I said that watching the Avengers thing, right? And I still feel that way of like, if I get into Avengers and like Avengers and want to play Avengers, if they keep putting out cool cap skins and Iron Man skins, I'm going to be like, yeah, sure. Here's, here's five bucks. Here's five bucks. They fucking... I don't even... I haven't played Fortnite in two seasons, right? But they put out a Captain America thing. I'm like, motherfucker, go buy it. And I know I'm going to play to get the Aquaman thing. Like, I personally... Look at that, and don't say, "Look at these thieving bastards." I look at them and go, "Man, awesome for putting something I care about in that game that you are still doing that I could still play for free that I could run around in a default skin and fuck around with." Like, this hmm. is the push and pull. But the I, I've seen people in the chat and in comments, and I was like, if they go to seventy bucks, fine, but they better dial down microtransactions. Not a fucking chance. You you know what I mean? I, go ahead and hold your breath. I'll see you in the hospital.
0: I do think the one thing is there there is going to be that push and pull with the audience and. I think in the end, I could very well see companies winning that push and pull of like, okay, yeah, you guys are mad, but we still got your money. Um, This
1: this is exactly what we're always talking about. It's back to my Epic Game Store argument of like everyone was so up in arms for six months about it. Not even, probably three months about it. And then it just became the thing and now nobody ever talks about it. Nobody gives a shit. It's the Hmm. same thing here where people are going to be mad that it's 70 bucks, then they'll get over it. Then the first egregious NBA 2K 2020 or 2K 22 it will 21. come out and it'll be, I'm just talking about future one though. Uh, the first yeah. egregious microtransaction, whatever the hell, buy gold currency to fucking change your, I don't even know, bow color. It'll come out and everybody will be like, oh my God, it's, and then it'll bow be Bow like, color and NBA 2K? Yeah. Oh, did you didn't like know that? Corner. NBA 2K 2020? Or kind of, I can't say it because it's NBA 2K 22. Yeah, they're going to have bows in yeah. it. Big deal. Big yeah. deal. Um, There's a whole mini game. When There's a, a mini game where Larry Bird tries to drain three pointers. And then when he misses, <laughs> with the, with the, you sh- you shoot him with the bow. That's Damn, the game. you're not actually shooting the shots. You're shooting Larry Bird. You're shooting
2: well.
0: the, the the misses. Damn, coronavirus yeah. has changed basketball as well.
1: <laughs> it's like rock and uh, joke
0: now. Greg, these, these next three stories are are going to be some quick ones. Um, this next story is actually a very sad one. Story number five: Popular Twitch streamer Byron Reckful Bernstein dies at 31. This is Elise Schaefer at Variety. Byron Reckful Bernstein, a popular video game streamer on Twitch, has died, according to social media posts from his ex-girlfriends and brother. He was 31. According to Blue Midrigal, uh, his ex-girlfriend, and one of the people who, who initially confirmed his death on social media, Bernstein died by suicide. Bernstein went by the name Reckful on Twitch, where he was, the, he was best known for his World of Warcraft, stream, World of Warcraft streams and had over 936,000 followers. Most recently, Bernstein had been working as a developer on his own video game, Everland, which was set to release later this year. Uh, Greg, this is a sad story that I saw blowing up on Twitter uh and this is one of the ones where i i i wasn't really familiar with who uh Recful was but yeah, me you know read through the story and was very saddened uh, to see that he was a huge Twitch streamer and yeah like died by suicide in a way that i think is a rem- reminder like in those in the same way that any company can be uh um i guess corrupted um by yeah. you know whatever might be going on there uh in the same way anybody can, go- can be going through problems anybody can be going through depression anybody can be uh struggling and so to that like you have a good uh, post that you that you put up on the forums Strago, for uh saying that you're not allowed to kill yourself and i don't know if you want to like expand on on that at all but yeah i mean I it's very much it, like echo that
1: you know, on Wednesday, I think it was. Uh, a Nanobiologist rode in with a squad up that was also about a different uh, video game personality streamer who themselves. And it's the idea that yeah, like if you ever need to hear it, you matter. You know what I mean? You matter to someone. You you're you're not allowed to kill yourself because like that's a selfish move. And I understand you're in a bad place. and I understand you're thinking about that, but reach out and talk to somebody. Whether it is the suicide prevention hotline, whether it is someone in your friend group, whether it is your family, like. No matter how dark it seems, there's always, and I think that I, yeah, the post you're talking about that we put up and I know it's since been down because the forums are down, but it's then resurrected itself on Reddit. Uh, it's not like it meant to be confrontational. It's just meant to give you the hardship that you're not allowed to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you, like people care about you. you. You are loved. Whether it is, you know, your best friend on the internet, who talks to you about video game day, which is a legit relationship. Uh, like you can't, do that you have to try you know what i mean and i know that's yeah. hard to hear and i and i feel like people don't hear it and, but i know the fact that 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 letter has been brought up to me so many times whether it be at meet and greets or emails or usually when somebody's hugging me at a meet and greet they whispered in my ear that helped them and so i know that it helps people and so i need people who are listening to this to know that and i'm not saying that it's easy and i'm not saying that
0: of course you're
1: not. weak for not feeling like this and i'm not i'm just saying that you're not allowed to kill yourself. You have to exhaust every fucking opportunity before I want you to even think about that. And I assure you, you have not exhausted every opportunity to do that yet.
0: Story number six. My friend Pedro is getting a TV adaptation. This is Rebecca Valentine at Game Biz. Who Biz is having a pretty good episode. Uh, <laughs> <let's say. We've laughs> Rebecca like, Valentine is having a pretty good one. Yeah, Rebecca Valentine is killing it. So shout out to Rebecca Valentine. Dead Toast Entertainment Shooting Up or Shoot Up, My Friend Pedro, is getting a TV adaptation through a collaboration with Legendary Television, 87 North, and DJ2 Entertainment. The project is planned as a half hour, R-rated dramedy, and will be led by John Wick writer and creator John Wick writer and creator Derek Colstead as both writer and executive producer. He'll be joined by John Wick co-director, David Leach, uh, who has also worked on Atomic Blonde and Deadpool 2, and who'll serve as executive producer very exciting stuff uh i Did played like my friend game, pedro yeah. Yeah. i didn't really like it out so my friend pedro was a game i was really looking forward to because from that first trailer i was like this is a me ass game i love i love i love the style i love the humor i love uh i like that hotline miami style like um or not even hot hotline miami style but like the arcadey shoot 'em up sure. like you know ridiculous everything's blowing up that type of arcade indie game that's my jam give all of them to me um and once i played it i was like all right this is all right like it's, <laughs> it's kind of right. janky the gameplay wasn't as interesting to me um the 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 like the characters and the wackiness i dug and so i think to that i'll say i'm excited for this tv adaptation if this actually does come to to, um, to fruition because this sounds like something that actually won't make it to to actual screens but if it does I'm going to watch it because I do love the world. I do love the 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 wackiness. I do love the humor there. And I think there's something there uh, if you want to make a TV show out of my friend Pedro. So I'll be looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it. I was the same boat where I played my friend Pedro at preview events. And I was like, oh, this doesn't feel great for me. Like, I'm not sure I'd actually dig this. And I, I want to say we got codes. I was reviewing something else and then Barrett played it. And I remember him coming back being like, I was really excited for it. And it just didn't do it for me. And I was like, Oh, okay. I never bothered going back. Was
0: all, it was it. also like during this, uh, this spree of devolver digital games that were of somewhat of a similar style, because I think before that we had gotten Katana zero and we had gotten, um, ape out and we had gotten, uh, Gato Robato. And those were all games that I played. And I was like, these are game of the year level for me. I'm absolutely loving all these games. And then you yeah. have to play, uh, to play my friend Pedro, I was like, "Okay, well, you gotta miss at some point." Don't hope the my <laughs> friend Pedro, but it just was not for me. And then our, our last story, story number seven, we might have we might have been spot on with with John Carlo Esposito being the next Far Cry villain. This is Sheriff Sayed at VG Twenty Four Seven. According to a report from Game Reactor, Breaking Bad and Better Call Sauls, Giancarlo Carlo Esposito is playing a role in the upcoming Far Cry Six. Uh, Game Reactor's article has since been taken down, but in a captured screenshot. Uh, you know, they're ta- they, it reads and they talk about, um, they, they talk about the rumors or whatever, not even the rumor, the report that Esposito said he was playing uh, a character in a game. Uh, game Reactor says, now he doesn't say anything about what what it is or who's developing it, but please allow me to spoil that for you. It's Far Cry 6. With Ubisoft Forward being t- just 10 days away, we probably won't have to wait long to see him in action either. And it'll be interesting to see the results of this new technology and approach and so there you go i'm also gonna say maybe take that with a grain of salt um this article article that was was, deleted (laughs) yeah this article from from game reactor which i'd never heard of game reactor which was also deleted okay so you're familiar with game reactor yeah but it was it was was deleted um i will say there was also a kind of a hint kind of a tease but kind of like not a tease from venture beat uh jeffy jeffy grub grub is that what we call him? no no it's jeffy Jeffy, grub grub Grub. Grub, jeffy Grub, Jeffy, Grub. grub grub He also kind of teased that, like, oh yeah, this is probably a Far Cry ge- Far Cry game. But, well, like, he
1: said that on Twitter yesterday, and then yeah, I saw this. You're right in the Games Daily thing. Imran published it today, right? Of where it was, the Jeff Jeffy Grub Grub who hasn't updated his byline. It still reads incorrectly as Jeff Grub on uh, Game Speed over here. Fortunate. Breaking Bad star. And you said it's G. What is it? How do I say it? Giancarlo. 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 Giancarlo.
0: I mean, that's how I say. It. I probably have it spot like Giancarlo
1: Esposito has to be the next Far Cry villain, right? And then it's just like yeah, it's, yeah it's just it's just jeff grubb being like come on it's got to be the, yeah it's far cry right i mean i don't know for sure ubisoft is, hasn't even confirmed a far cry yet but the publisher has next has the next entry in the open world map exploration game in the works it's part of the here's the thing and then he goes why here's why he makes sense for far cry well no shit jeffy jeff you know what i mean come on we understand why it makes sense jeffy grub buy- probably has inside information he's doing this sushi x kind of bullshit where he's like oh i'm gonna act like i don't know but i know all right now i got long hair so it's probably him and that's probably what it, so you buy it. Oh, your thing unplugged. Oh no.
0: Greg's doing that. While Greg's doing that, uh, I might transition to do the ad because we're getting very late in the show. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin in that. Greg, keep the d- do you buy it question in your mind why, right after the ad because I'm gonna ask you. But as that's happening, um, of course, kind of funny games daily, you can get the show ad free um by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Um and speaking of ads, this episode of of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooke Linen. Did you know that making small changes to your everyday life can lead to huge positive changes to your lifestyle? The right towel turns a bathroom into a spa. The right loungewear turns, luxury, lu- turns function into luxury. The right bedding turns a bed into a retreat. You know, Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets, but they're also home to bedding, loungewear, towels, and more with over 50,000 plus five star reviews and counting. Kind of funny, loves Brooklyn. they uh, their luxury products at a low price, and Tim loves that he can get the right colors to match his room. Brooklyn was the first direct to consumer bedding company They worked directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No middleman, just a great product and service. All luxury products without the luxury markup, brooklinen.com is the perfect place to start making small changes that make big differences. Brooklinen is so confident in their products that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Go on, make yourself comfortable. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code GAMES only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Greg, do you buy that Giancarlo Esposito was the next far cry villain
1: yeah sure why not I think it's either got to be that or it's got to be a Call of Duty I'm not I'm not putting the guy down I guess he's in payday but I feel like you know we we for a name that big you know what I mean and he's talking about it being a big crazy game with new acting or whatever makes sense to me
0: I think it's gonna be in the next uh, Breath of the Wild too that's my guess uh-huh. I put it on put it put it, put it in the bank Link, that's my guess up. take it to the bank
1: Greg, I, I don't, I don't have a Giancarlo Esp- uh, Esposito impression. <laughs> I just, as I went to link, get up. I'm like, I'm trying to think. Of how does Gus talk in Breaking Bad? I, I got sell
0: the meth. It. I don't know. I, it's been a while since I've seen Breaking Walter. Bad. Oh, yeah, Walter. Walter. Sell
2: the meth, Link. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week. It has been a long week, Greg. I'm really excited to see who Giancarlo is act- is actually playing in whatever video game mm-hmm. he's playing in. But that's so
1: far away. If I want to know what's coming to Mama and Grop shops today. Where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kinda funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday.
0: Yeah. Out today we got Clash Force for Xbox One and Switch, Demolish and Build for Xbox One, Marvel's Iron Man VR for PSVR, Alphadia Genesis for Xbox One, Singled Out for Switch, Infini for Switch. Ghost Grab three thousand for Switch. Monster Blast PC for or Monster Blast for PC, uh, and then Unicorn Dream for PC. New dates: Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition is coming <gasps> to PC. Uh, Who would have predicted an it? Epic Game Store on August seventh. Who would have thought? Not the me. Works kept secret. Not me. We all knew this was happening. Uh, Blazing Deserts, the new DLC for the acclaimed tactical RPG Battle Brothers, will be released on August thirty or August thirteenth for $14.99, and then overcooked 2's brand new seasonal suns suns out buns out dlc is yeah. out on pc with a console release following later this month and then wit writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says hades from supergiant update hey y'all just wanted to shout out just wanted to shout this out because y'all haven't mentioned this announcement on kfgd supergiant one of the one of the best game developers working today announced last week that Hades is exiting early access and will have a 1.0 launch this year. And Greg Kasavin announced that that they're currently figuring out what platforms to bring it to. Greg, call Shu and get him on this. Right. After making after making my first after making my favorite game of all time with Pyre, I just want to blast the horns for Hades, which takes Supergiant back to their action roots with Bastion uh, as they move into into the roguelite genre and also tell their biggest story. Yeah, i'm actually really excited for hades i really want to play it i'm looking oh, forward dude. to it i love me a, ro- a roguelite
1: i yeah when it's awesome and I, I, that's said from day one of it because i downloaded the epic game store back in, to play it and when it dropped and, and screw around it, and i was playing i was like i gotta stop because i want this to come to console so hold on are you calling shoe i'm making some moves over here don't worry about it. i'm making greg miller money move yeah should, should i move on to the next thing or should i, yeah, should I go wait for, it, for, go for get... it yeah i'll interrupt you no. if i have anything i have to do
0: please do now it's time for reader mail you can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games to get your questions read on the show just like dale dale writes in and says now that we're a good way through the e3 replacement summer i'm curious how the numerous let me start that over again because this is written in an interesting way now now that we're a good way through the e3 replacement summer i'm curious how the number of showcases affected outlets like kind of funny has more opportunities for impressions has more opportunities for impressions, reactions, and spread out news had a noticeable effect on views or traffic for kind of funny over previous years? Um, this is like a Greg and Tim question. It might even be more so a Tim question, but Greg, do you have any what input on mean? this? Yeah. I, I, don't, I know Tim is like the numbers guy.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like we—I've been around. I've been l- lucky enough to be employed by Tim here at Kind of Funny l- <laughs> long mm-hmm. enough that I know the numbers as well,
2: sure uh,
1: Dale. So yeah, we just did a games cast, obviously, where we talk about this and we talk about it being spread out and exhausting and all this other stuff. But that was, you're right, more about like us as content creators and making the stuff and yada yada yada. And for this, you're asking this a great question of how the showcases affected us. Uh, I would say across the board, our content is doing better because of it. Uh, I think you 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 know normally for us E3 week is this man everything's you know we you, you you watch games daily you watch the other shows you watch gamescast you see the numbers we're usually getting E3 usually spikes them up into you know the 100,000 range which is crazy or at least you know the 75,000 uh, which is just out, outstanding numbers for a site like ours or a youtube site like ours podcast is a different story anyways though E3 week usually brings that on really hard and it's awesome. And then it goes super quiet. So the fact that it's spread out is actually keeping numbers higher. I think games dailies are doing performing better because there's more stuff going on. Also last of us is in the middle of this, which is just juggernaut numbers right now for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But beyond that, the, the reaction streams, those uh, archived on YouTube do really well. The post shows do really well uh, on YouTube and the podcast stuff. So we are seeing noticeable uh, upward trends on this as it is more extended out. So it's hard to say because I guess it isn't hard to say. Kind of funny as a company and YouTube video brand, right, is doing better because of this elongated E3. Because we would have these kind of numbers on the E3 videos that we would be doing during E3. However, we wouldn't be doing as many. We wouldn't be as reacting to as many showcases. We wouldn't be as doing as many post shows. We wouldn't be doing as many first impressions. Like The fact that it's spread out actually does give us uh, a whole bunch of work on this.
0: So what you're saying is that this should last forever. We should keep we should keep doing it this way. I mean, I prefer shouldn't change.
1: I, you, no, you I mean, prefer people not. should change. They should evolve, you know, do those different things. I
0: oh, don't know what's happening. What's this? I'm fully expecting
1: Shuhei Yoshida.
2: Hello. So you know.
1: Hello, uh, Greg Kasavin from Supergiant. This is Greg Miller from Kind of Funny Games Daily. How are you?
2: Hey, how's it going? I'm doing all right.
1: How uh, so, about yourself? Uh, well, I'm I'm a little bit angry, but I'll get to it in a second, Greg. So you're live <laughs> on the air right now, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. You can't sue us now that you know. Uh, a listener named Wit wrote in, and Wit was saying about, hey, there's an Hades update from Supergiant. Basically, that you said uh, that you're going to be exiting early access and we'll have a 1.0 launch this year, and that you announced they are currently figuring out what platforms to bring it to. Is this accurate?
2: That is indeed accurate.
1: Yes. How, how are you what how are you figuring it out this this game is great and it needs to be on the playstation 4 with a very good platinum trophy all right i don't want a bad platinum trophy yes, i want a very good platinum trophy oh play oh you can't hear blessing he's on the show but he's in another room obviously uh, he says playstation 5 that's a great point blessing good point good point so what who do i need to set you up with i thought you knew everyone at playstation what do you need from we, me
2: we we know people it's just you're acting like you are, don't you're
1: acting like you don't online
2: there, there are many considerations, especially as a small, little, uh, run-of-the-mill uh, independent game team. Because it's, it's a, it's a ton of work, uh, sadly, to um, to bring our games to different platforms. So we have to be real careful about figuring out which ones and what order and and that sort of thing. We've always had to make decisions like that, and they're like some of the most painful decisions we have to make because. We would love our games to just instantly be available like in all the places people want to play them. But the reality is is like it's it's hard to it's hard for us to pull that off. Sure. You know, kind of physically. Um so that's that's the that's kind of the reason we haven't committed to anything just yet. That's fair. Um I'm not but, gonna lie. We've been
1: not gonna lie, yeah. I'm not, not going to lie. This is a very jokey segment that you gave a super serious answer to it. An, yeah. No, no, I'm glad now I'm turning. It, it, now I'm turning it, off the Greg character it, yeah. and just being the Greg Miller uh, host personality guy. No, that's a great answer. And I totally understand yeah.
2: that. Yeah. People get, you know, people get super fired up about this stuff. Right. So yeah, I, I can't, I can't help, but, but take it seriously. Cause, sure. Cause I know how much it means to people and it means a lot to us too. But yeah, like we're, we're definitely thinking about uh, all the, it, it's, it's awesome that people want this game and, and, in different places like ps4 and ps5 for that matter as you mentioned so yeah. we're we're thinking about all our all, okay, our
1: options, okay. all options are on the table i, I got to figure you. it out well greg hades is fantastic and no matter where you put it i'll play it
2: oh thanks so much man it's good to hear from you thank you for calling
1: oh anytime you know yeah it's that thing you know i only call my friends when i'm on the air so you're good everything's good <laughs> you're, you're okay <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, no, we're doing. Yeah, we're doing good. Dude. We're we're glad to still be able to make progress and work on this game every day. People are really digging it, so it's I, I count my blessings.
1: Awesome. All right, we'll talk to you yeah. soon.
2: Yeah, take care, man. Right, bye. bye.
1: You can't okay, joke man, around. Greg's too serious. He's too good of a guy. You call him, yeah, you're gonna I'm- give a jokey thing like Pete Hines. Jokey answers yesterday. No big deal. <laughs> Yeah, I was playing, was Like, I was, here, let me tell you the, the business. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was fuck. playing to like,
0: joke around and being like, okay, what are these indie developers going to act like they don't have all the money in the world? They released Bashed Empire, but then when you got into a serious answer, I was like, okay, no, that makes sense. I understand.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. We, please get back to making your game. We're sorry. Yeah. Take care Please, we
0: you. start with, by apologize for bothering you or even thinking, thinking about bothering <laughs> you. Uh, now it's time to squad up uh you you can of course write into patreon.com so it's kind of funny games to squad up you want to play games with other people in the community just like scott butterworth did Uh, scott butterworth wrote in with the squad up on pc and says during these quarantines i've been working 50 to 60 hour weeks for the post office starting tonight i've got a week-long staycation and mrs butterworth gave me the go-ahead to play video games until my eyes fall out with that in mind i'm looking for some help in gta 5 i've always wanted to get into it but i've never had a crew I'd love to have some best friends show me the ropes and run some heists and have some laughs. You can add Scott Butterworth on Steam through the username Scotty McButters. That is Scotty McButters, (laughs) all lowercase. I don't know if that matters for Steam, but if it does, Scotty McButters, all lowercase, all one
1: word. Now I want to to point out that we we know a Scott Butterworth, right, in the industry who works with us on uh, the Borderlands show. And I was is like, him? oh man, that's awesome. Is this him? And then, and then it gets to, I work in the post office. They're like, oh no, not you. Oh, man, it's you. not him. <laughs> okay. I
0: mean, it might be like a double, like a, you might, might be smart. Hey man, time, after you know? my
1: long day at 2K, you know what I love to do? Wind down at my second so, job at the post office. Right. Deliver some <laughs> mail. Um, now it's time
0: for slash kind of you're wrong. We write ready? And let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. And I don't know if my, if my eyes to see me, Greg, but it looks like you're wrong is it empty.
1: <gasps> yeah, that's Can you right. see this? No, I, wow. I, I went through Rand M wrote in with one that was more editorializing. So I got that crap out of here. And then, yeah, that's pretty much about it.
0: Wow. Uh, your hosts for next week are as follows. Monday, it's Tim and Emron. Tuesday, it's me and Emron. Wednesday, it's Greg and Gary. Thursday, it's Greg and me. And then Friday, mm-hmm. it's me and Greg. We're reunited again. Thursday, Fridays, your blessing, Greg, days. Get hype. Uh look forward to that. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, wear your masks. Yes.